Welcome to another episode of New Revision. I am your host, Thomas Lattimore, and this is a show where we talk about work, life, and technology. And today, I have the privilege of being joined by uh, one of my good friends, uh, Mark Shropshire. Marks, thanks for thanks for uh, coming on with us. Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here, Thomas. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, and today we get to talk about a topic that both of us are pretty into, and that's OmniFocus and GTD. And yeah, let's see, let's get into it. So, uh, Mark, how's it going with you today? What you up to? It's good. Good. Uh, I am actually off today from the main work job, so getting some podcast recording in is fun. Uh, yeah, awesome. Look forward to it. What coffee are you drinking today? I am drink. I'm actually drinking a fresh grind Chemex uh, pour over, but it's six o'clock whole bean. Mm, nice. It's the original, um, and uh, it's so a little secret. I've if I do put half and half in coffee, which I did this morning because it's Friday and it felt like a good day to do it. Just felt um, right. Yeah, it just felt right. I'll do half and half in the six o'clock. Um, not that it's bad, but um, it's not a coffee that I really need to, you know, taste all the flavors. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a, not a lot going on there. I do hear, I don't think I've ever had six o'clock before, but I have heard that six o'clock, if you are going to get a, a coffee at a grocery store that's like a chain coffee uh, that six o'clock is the one to go with yeah i'm real happy with it from a like just day-to-day coffee i think it's really good and of course anytime you grind uh grind the whole bean fresh yeah. it, every you know most coffee is going to taste better anyway yeah it's uh just the way it is for sure totally um hold on one second ah Boy, having to deal with my dog. She's been laying down all morning, and then as soon as we go to not even record because we've been we've been recording for a few minutes now. Uh, just uh, getting things ready, and then she, she when we actually to go up. to start the episode. She wants to join in. Yeah, that's so, cool. Ah, uh, write down the timestamp for that. But I may just leave it in. Who knows? No, I think it's good, man. It's part of the convo. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mark, how did you get started? Let's, or first, let's take a step back. And uh, for anyone that's not familiar, OmniFocus is an application that's available for all Apple platforms, being uh, iOS, uh, uh, Mac OS, and uh, well, I guess it sort of has uh, watchOS capabilities with reminders and stuff. And you would know more about that, Mark, in terms of what's what's available on the watch than myself because I don't have my Apple Watch anymore. Um, and it is an application that helps you manage uh, the things you get done. And uh, it is pretty much an overly complicated checklist app when you get down to it. Uh, yep. And it is sort of modeled after the methodology that... A person named David Allen, he wrote a book called Getting Things Done, which outlined this philosophy, which he uses to help people 
uh, get things done in uh, their work and their life. And he formed it over years of doing uh, business consulting, I believe. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, Mark. But I, I think no, that he did a lot of business consulting over the years and kind of developed these different methods for uh, getting stuff done. I may just have to put her out. One second. Sure. Yeah, so the GTD book is, um, is it is definitely worth reading if, um, if you want to learn really what GTD is all about. It's not a long book. Um, I, will, I usually do caution people that that book is a very dry read. Yes. So I don't think you can just sit and like, I'm going to read this on a Saturday. I mean, you can, but you might wind up taking a nap. Um, and I don't mean that as a slam, but it's just the writing style of David Allen. It's just really dry. Super dry. To the point. Oh. It's, I think it's a personality with him and that's yeah. cool. Um, it's, but it, but it's almost like you had, you kind of, if you really want to understand it, well, you have to read the book. Um, and maybe go back to it every now and then in sections yeah. just just to make sure you get the concepts. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, for those that maybe aren't interested in reading the book, and there is an audiobook available, um, which I have gone through at some point. And if you're not interested in the audiobook or reading the book itself, David Allen also has a course on lynda.com, which covers a lot of the same material. Uh, and I've gone through that also. So if you're a more visual learner, you really want a video thing to go through, um, there's that available on lynda.com. So I didn't know that was even there. So that's, yeah. that's a great, that's yeah, a great so, uh, point to make about the lynda.com. Yeah. So for anyone that's really interested in this, uh, I, I think it would be well worth the $30 for one month. I think that's what it is. It's like $30 for one month of lynda.com subscription, somewhere like $25, $30. Uh, if you're really interested in this, but n maybe you you know your own personality and you know that you're not going to finish a book, I think it is worth it to pick up that subscription for a month and uh, go through that video course. Uh, what? What brought you to to GTD in the first place? So, so my story uh, kind of comes around because, like a lot of people, you know, you grow over time, um, and uh, we'll talk about some of the tools a little bit later that we started with. But uh, before we get into that, um, I kind of had I've always had a kind of a close set of friends, uh, Thomas, you're one of them, uh, including that, uh, that we all tend to like to, I don't want to say self-help because that seems a little trite, but we like to do things to always make ourselves better and improve yeah. and improve relationships with our family and friends and all that stuff, get in actually doing meaningful work. Um, a lot of things you talk about on this podcast, but, um, one of my friends, uh, Matt, uh, I don't know if he wants to be called out his name on the podcast, but I'll just say Matt mm -hmm. and Thomas knows who he is, but we knew each other for years working at uh, a university. Now, see, I didn't know and, this. This is interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Matt, um, worked in a different department doing it work, um, real similar 
kind of work that I was doing in, in a, across campus. And we would talk and we kind of had a bond just because we realized we both liked all this kind of, all these kind of things like how to do more, how to get things done, how to make good decisions, you know, work on judgment, all just whatever. I mean, it, anything you can imagine and yeah. also tech stuff, but, uh, but Matt, I think first told me about GTD and I don't think I'd ever heard of it. And I got the book and of course there was probably a, a web app. There's probably one of the applications that I used in the past that he got me started on and it just clicked with me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'd say just to start with is I'm not, I do not try to sell GTD because it will not click with everyone. No. Um, and, and I think, Thomas, we'd both agree, whatever you do, find, find things that work for you. Don't try to make, don't try to force something into your personality and your skill set and your, who you are, because uh, w- what it comes down to is that this is a kind of a man-made system that David Allen created. It worked for him. It's worked for a lot of people, but it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't work for you. And uh, you might find you just have to tweak it or not use it completely or, but it's worth diving into and giving it a go. Um, but you know, I mean, my wife, she is very organized, very on top of things, probably more than I am in a lot of ways. And she, she knows what GTD is. She just doesn't need it. And she does great remembering things and staying on top, uh, however she yeah. manages it. But I know she's not doing GTD. So, um, I just want to say that disclaimer at first, you know, should be no guilt if it doesn't work for you. Uh, but keep the, the point I'd like to make is in this podcast is keep trying new things and figure out it's all experimentation, figure out what works for you. Uh, it's great to talk with friends and, and family and others about what works for you and kind of spread the news so that people know. But, um, but that's more of a like, so people can try new th- new things themselves. But that's what got me started uh, was just a mention. And usually that's how good things start is just personal relationships uh, with people and people you trust. And I trust Matt. Uh, pretty much anything he says along with, you know, uh, recommends just along with Thomas and some of our other friends. You know, I know they vetted as deep or deeper than I would. So yeah. pretty much don't have to look further. So what was the first application you actually used to manage that? Or should I say, did you use an application to manage this stuff? Because David does talk about in the book how he considers pen and paper a perfectly fine system if you can make that work for you to use this methodology. So did you start out with pen and paper? Did you jump right into an application? I, I guess in I definitely did pen and paper pre-GTD. Um, yeah. Because I think like any, like most people at some point you're going to make, you know, you're like, I need a task list. I'm going to write it down. Uh, You can put it on the fridge or you carry it with you in some type of agenda, um, you know, or journal or whatever. Uh, Of course, back then uh, there weren't all the fancy options or at least that I knew about. Um, So I'm sure I started pre-GTD that way and pre, again, pre-GTD work, I from an application standpoint, I used Outlook um, on a PC with task lists, um, just the task list there. 
Yeah, uh, because as, it's been as you a while get more... since I've used Outlook. Is that, yeah. is that basically their checklist functionality? Yeah, it's like um, it's equivalent to me. It's sort of equivalent to like reminders on iOS or mm-hmm. the equivalent in Android, um, where you just have a basic reminders list. So you can set due dates, but it, but the the issue is, um, and this is a GTD concept, but the issue is is you have more and more to do things, the most you can really get done with that or even pen and paper to start with without GTD is just have more or less like these are the things I need to get done today, which I still think you mentioned this, Thomas, recently. I think that's still valuable to mm-hmm. list the things you need to get done today so that you your focus is on the priorities. But, you know, it doesn't scale. So when you're in jobs like a lot of us are, uh, knowledge worker type jobs, things like that, where you have lots and lots of tasks and the projects can get complex. Um, I find that that having a single list is just, that's what led me to GTD, I guess, partially. Uh, and, and Matt also, I assume, is that it's too complex to have one list and that one list becomes overwhelming, um, which is contrary to what GTD is. GTD should be about freeing your mind so you're not worried about the things you're not getting done. Um, and uh, so so I, so I did Outlook Tasks, and I'm sure I had some other apps, but I think the first real GTD app that I used um, was probably Kinkless GTD, which, which was pre-OmniFocus. It was what it was was a Apple set of Apple scripts that sat on top of Omni Outliner and gave you kind of a primitive version of OmniFocus. And it, it was great. And and um and also used an app back in the day called IGTD, um, which was a native Mac app that just uh, some a group or someone wrote. Um and I don't even think I looked around. I don't. I, I found an old article on it, but I don't think it even exists any longer. But, um, but this is a good point to bring up, and this is something that David Allen talks about: is that when you, this is part of the system and and figuring out what works for you. Um, OmniFocus is not for everyone, and yeah. I know Thomas, you'll have your opinion, but like you should not feel like. I can only do GDD with OmniFocus or with some other app because you should experiment with a few and figure out what works. Yeah. But like OmniFocus might be overwhelming to people or just the interface may not click with somebody visually or something. And that's totally cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think we'll we'll get into some later about different things we maybe tried or I'd like to touch on it at some point. Um, what, what did you start with? Um, what what kind of kicked you into it? Uh, uh, well, what GTD started and... me on the formal GDD stuff was uh, yourself and our uh, mutual friend, Scott, uh, when cool. we were working together. And I had, it, like, when when I, quote, started my career, uh, I came in at the time where there was a huge surge of uh, checklist apps, uh, particularly for iOS and Mac, like in the App Store. It, it felt like a new one was popping up 
every day. So they'd get a lot of buzz around them. Uh, but I ran across an app called Wonderlist. And I don't even know if it's around anymore, actually. I think it, I think it probably is. And it was okay. At the time, it wasn't a native uh, Mac application. It was one of some form of, I think it used Adobe Air, maybe. Didn't even use a lot of the stuff uh, that's available now to wrap uh, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript into a native application. And it would get random CPU spikes and stuff like that, but it was super simple. And it was basically you organize stuff into projects and you have checklists within those projects. And then it had some other nice features like you could, um, which OmniFocus has this, which I use all the time where you can forward an email into your Wonderlist task stuff. And that was helpful. And grew uh, consistently unhappy with it. And because I wasn't happy with it, uh, and I'm not knocking Wonderlist that, that much. It was just wasn't an application for me. Because I wasn't happy with it, I found myself not using it, which means I wasn't checking off what I needed to get done. And finally uh, decided to just plunk down the money on OmniFocus. And, and it's not cheap. No, it is not. And we can so probably address you that definitely, now. Yeah, you definitely, uh, it's something you want to do some trials with probably. Yeah, yeah. And now one thing that I, I'm double checking this, you all can hear my nice loud clacky keyboard. Nice mechanical keyboard. Yeah. Um, on iOS, I really like that they've moved to a universal app. So for many years, they only had, or it was separate apps for the iPhone and the iPad that you had to, purpose, had to purchase. And now they've moved to a universal app, which means that if you're coming into it brand new the, and you only need to use it on one of those devices, it's a little bit expensive. But for those of us that were using it, uh, for a few years before that. It was nice when they got that upgrade because for a long time, I didn't have it on my iPad, actually, uh, just because I, I didn't want to make the purchase. And I don't, I don't do a ton of OmniFocus stuff on my iPad. I believe you do, Mark. Uh, yeah, I do more, like, reviews. Yeah. Like, doing my weekly review and things like that. I like it. Um, I, 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 use, I do use the Mac app more than than um, the others, and I'd say iPhone is second, and and then and then iPad. So probably probably similar to you to you sounds like. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, the all the interfaces are very similar. They've done a good job streamlining it. But the iPad's probably my favorite one, especially for reviews. Something about it, uh, and maybe it's the tactile nature of a, a touchscreen device d- during reviews, like being able to. Swipe through stuff and yeah. Um, so I, right now, the standard version of Mac is $39.99. iOS standard version is $39.99. iOS Pro version is $59.99. And the Pro version of the Mac is uh, $79.99. So they're not cheap apps, especially in today's race to the bottom on the App Store for app prices but 
I consider it well worth it. Like this is if if this is something you really want to get into, and you really want to uh, bring your life to a focus and organize the stuff you get done. I mean, how much are you willing to pay to free up some mental space? I'm willing to pay that much. Uh, and yeah, the difference between the standard and the pro version is uh, you get some additional features. It's not like uh, you don't get to sync or something like that. There's You can create custom contacts, or not contacts, sorry, views, stuff like that. Uh, what were you about to say, Mark? Yeah, I, I was just thinking that um, you, you can, when, when it comes to the price, like maybe pick the platform. Mm-hmm. Like if you use your Mac mostly for work and that's where you think you'll use it, then start with the Mac version. Yeah, and don't I agree. Worry about sync. And then, or, or you may say, Hey, uh, I'm going to start with the iPad or the iPhone, um, and, and try to use that device. And, but just realize that there is, there is a huge advantage, uh, with multiple devices. Once you, once you decide, Hey, I'm going to commit to this, uh, platform and, now I want to synchronize the, all that data. I mean, it's it's amazing to be able to just trust, and that's part of GTD is trusting in the system. If it doesn't work and you lose things, it's you lose trust. You've got to have faith and know that it's going to be there for you. And that's why we like OmniFocus because it's very solid. Um, but it at that point, like the advantage is know that no matter which device I use, uh, all of that, all of my to do's and, and projects and all that are all synchronized. Um, so it's, so, so you can step into it and there's trials and I think there's some upgrade paths to pro. So don't feel like you have to just buy pro up out of the gate, just double check what it would cost to go from the regular to pro. Cause you might not need pro. Is they don't gouge you at all for upgrading later. It's the same cost. So you can, buy in at the introductory price with the standard and then if you get the itch to try some of the pro features you can upgrade yeah that's totally. really important to mention and uh, another aside here is omni group is a stellar stellar software development company like i really like the way that they uh sort of manage manage their at least the face of their business they seem pretty transparent and stuff and even like the i don't actually i'm not on social media much anymore but i used to see like even their ceo would respond to just like random twitter complaints at times and say well we we're fixing this in the next version or well this is a problem but we don't have a good solution for it yet stay tuned um so it is a good company. You're buying in into case. something that has uh, a, a lot of history behind it. Yeah, I think I think that's Ken Case. That's um, their head CEO or whatever his yeah, title is. Yeah, maybe but, CEO is the wrong term. And, well, he he may be, but he is. I, I agree totally. He I like his attitude. It's always positive, and um, he he uh, you can tell he's a developer. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, the Omni Group goes back to the Omni Group being the company that uh, right, wrote and maintains OmniFocus. I don't think I mentioned that before. Um, they go back all the way to Objective-C days pre-Apple. 
Or no, no, next days, pre-objective C, if I remember correctly. So I, they, I think that's, yeah, I think there's some truth in that. Some of those guys were doing next work, which yeah. had to be, what, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. So there's, they have a long history of being committed to the Mac platform. So that's one reason I, I stay with it. It's, I, I like Mac. I'm not planning on switching soon. Sorry, desktop Linux people. Um, well, that's what I, keep, you know, if I did switch and obviously, um, you know, Microsoft's definitely made <laughs> a lot of improvements over the last few years. Um, not enough for me to switch because I've got so much investment mm-hmm. in the Mac, but certainly it's different than how I used to feel where it was like, oh, those things crash and they have malware all the time and all that. It, it is a different world. But when people ask me, why won't you use Android or um, Windows? And one of the reasons is that um, it really goes back to OmniFocus. And it's, I will say that I don't ever like, I don't ever like to feel like kind of locked in uh, vendor wise. But OmniFocus is so critical in my workflow. And it, this goes back to the expense. Um, when there's an app that you use every day, you rely on it. It keeps your life organized. And you alluded to this, Thomas. I think the the cost, it, it, your value, it, it, it versus the cost is is a different um, calculation at that point. You're not going to, um, you know, you're obviously going to look at the cost and say, can I? Is it in my budget or how? Sh- you know, how do I afford yeah. this? But but you you look at it differently um, than than you would a game or, or some app that you can run wherever. But that keeps me from switching platforms. Um, and, you know, if I had to switch platforms and something happened on the Mac platform I didn't agree with and just like, that's it, yeah. I'm done. I, yes, I would find an alternative because you can make GTD work in many different apps. And there's Windows apps for it. So if there's people running Windows listening to this, I'm not an expert on what's out there yeah. for Windows, things but rest assured, se- quote, it's things there. seems to be the the best application right now. I did a sort of a review, not a review, but maybe like a year and a half ago. I don't know why, but I wasn't happy with OmniFocus at the time and did a round of trying other applications briefly, like with one project. Like didn't go oh, yeah. all in, but just was like, well, I'll try it for this one project. And did pen and paper for a short period using uh, the a sort of bullet jor- journaling marking system, which we don't have time to get into that. That's a whole other uh, rabbit hole. I will link to that in the show notes. That's yeah, I'd a love method. to hear you talk about that on a future podcast. That would be awesome. Yeah. So the reason I didn't like pen and paper is you mentioned earlier about stuff getting lost or not being visible. It's just like this. Endless checklist is what you end up getting into, and I know the it's, it's the, like a scale issue. Yeah, yeah, and I have I have tons of stuff that's like different types of work that I have to get done throughout the day, and I really like pen and paper. I'm a total pen nerd. I will be doing an episode of the podcast on analog tools and particularly uh, snobby pens in the future, but. It just didn't work for keeping everything in. I didn't like how I had, I ended up having like multiple pieces of paper around and stuff getting spread across notebooks. And I know you hardcore bullet journaling people out there are, are going to, going to tell me where I failed, 
but uh, it just didn't work for me. That's really what it is. And then ended up trying after that task paper uh, style stuff, which I'll link to that in the show notes, using Vim. So I use Vim for every text editing stuff that I needed. And I'm like, oh, there's a tax paper plugin for Vim. And the issue with that was stuff just getting not really lost, but there's no reminders involved. So when you have something that's actually due today, you can mark it as due today, but you don't get like a notification on your Mac and your phone and all that. So there was actually, I think after I missed one thing, and thankfully it wasn't anything catastrophic, when I missed one thing that was due on a specific day and didn't get it done on that day because I didn't see the due date, I decided it was time to switch back to something because, as you said, you can't have stuff getting lost. You have to have have a system that's reliable, and that one just wasn't reliable for me. So you've used, uh, you mentioned kinkless GTD and iGTD2. You've used uh, Remember the Milk in the past as well. What what did you use uh, that for? Uh, I tried it for a while uh, for GTD. And it is set up for GTD. Uh, last I used it, and it's been a while. Um, it's it is a the thing I liked about it um, was that it it was web based, so you don't have to worry about sync. You know, it can be responsive and work on phone and and uh, tablets and computers. And it, of course, it deals it handles great across. Uh, Windows, Mac, Linux, uh, because it's web, yeah. but it does have you know an, uh, a centralized inbox where you collect things, and it has a concept of projects, a concept of contexts, which are all GTD things. Um, the inbox is just where you collect all the things, but yeah. you don't leave it there. Your context is like example would be where you are going to do that task. So a context could be home, it could be on the computer. It could be a person, uh, whereas a project is a uh, is just any grouping of two or two or more, two to three or more uh, tasks that are tied to a, a thing. Because generally, it's it's it happens it happens in my setup. But generally, to do any type of work, you you really can break it into more than one task. You know, it, it, there's a good example yeah. of this. That yeah. I, I bring up a lot. It's like people will, and and it's it, it. If you are short on time and don't dedicate time to planning, this happens. You'll say, um, "This is a total GTD example kind of thing," um, and why you do GTD. People will go. They'll put on their task list: uh, repair uh, rear brake light. You know, brake lights out on the car. Repair the brake light on the car. That's their task. Well, guess what? You will probably not do that when you think you will. You're probably, yeah. every time you look at that task, you'll go, uh, it's too much involved. I don't know where to start because you didn't plan it. And with GTD, what David Allen would probably say, I can't put words in his mouth, but based on his book, he's, he's going to say, uh, that's not one task. You, you need to have a task that the project is called, uh, replace brake light. Uh, but the task is going to, going to be, uh, find out the the lamp model 
go to go to the auto parts store, get the lamp, uh, then actually replace the lamp or have someone replace it for you or you, know, you get the idea. Yeah. You're going to you really have to break that down because there are actually many tasks involved yes. in that seemingly small thing. Exactly. Yeah, and I find that that's something that's really hard to uh, sometimes break down, especially doing software development, because it's like, well, how far do you want to break it down? Do you want to break it down to like open the text editor? Yeah, you Type can take it editor. way too far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and which I don't, which is just that just comes, I think, with experience. Like yeah. you'll you'll realize it. A lot of us that like to check off boxes may like having the list like that, but then yeah. you, you will, re- everyone will realize at some point it, when they've gone too far and it's like, ah, yeah. I didn't so where I land on that is I do one of two things. If there is something that I really want to like get super detailed in is I have like a little bit broader task, like say if it's a development related task that I, it's like fix this, fix the color of this thing on this page. There's lots of tasks involved in that. It's like I have to figure out what makes that thing that color and where it lives in the code base and all that. <clears throat> so I'll do one of two things. Either I'll use the a notes field in uh, OmniFocus. So for every action in OmniFocus, there's a notes field where you can just dump rich text into, including images. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I'll just sort of like type out. Um, Maybe the the uh, the example of changing the color isn't a great one because that's something a little less complicated. But if it's something that is complicated, uh, and I want to kind of like really think it through, I'll just write out like bullet points of what I want to do. So I'll do that, or that is where I'll actually break out the pen and paper. Um, so for me, pen and paper uh, is never, or I try to never make it information that needs to be archived. It's something that is does need to be archived. It gets moved to uh, some other system, uh, like uh, Google Docs, or gets moved into OmniFocus uh, as tasks with due dates or things like that. But I, I want to know that I completed the thing or that the thing the overarching thing is due on a specific day, but I don't need to uh, know about the specific steps. So. I'll use pen and paper sometimes in that instance, writing through things. Um, so how do you use OmniFocus day-to-day? And let's start actually with the inbox. So OmniFocus has this idea of an inbox where you dump uh, unsorted uh, or filtered actions into, and that is an idea that... Uh, David Allen outlines in his book, and it's not really limited to that. I mean, we all have inboxes in these other places in our life, whether it's a, a bin at your front door where you, you dump mail that came in that day that needs to be sorted and that sort of thing. And um, your email inbox, maybe if you use a lot of different uh, email folders and that sort of thing. They all, all your new email comes into the inbox unless you have rules set up. So how do you uh, primarily uh, capture information in, into the inbox initially, Mark? Yeah, so 
Um, and, and keep in mind that I don't want to come off sound like I always do this perfectly. So I'm going to speak to the ideal day to day. Yeah. But just understand that there are days that I may go a day or two and stuff sits in the inbox in OmniFocus and I haven't processed it. But that's not what you should do. It just means that I'm human and uh, I'm not always perfect. But so um, it's a safe so place, the, Mark. We're in yeah, a safe space here. It, that's right. Well, I feel safe. Cool. So OmniFocus has the inbox, like Thomas, you're saying about, you know, the purpose is to collect things. But you, the goal is you need to process those things yeah. or do something with them. Process means, uh, and this is a David Allen quote, uh, paraphrase, but if the task in your, if, when you're looking at the inbox list of things you've collected throughout the day, if anything is, uh, can be done in two or three minutes or less, you should do it. Do it then if it's absolutely possible to do it then. Um, that means, you know, you're not putting it off till later. It's it it it's done. You can feel good that it's done. You don't. You know, there's no point in putting something else in the big list of things. Um, knock it out. You can um, you can also, you know, the other point is every day is I try to process everything in the inbox. Either do it or assign it to a project that exists. Yeah. If one exists, create a project. If they don't exist, um, and then of course assign a context of like who's the person that I'll work with on this or I need to see or where will I do this work at? Um, and, but how do I get stuff in the inbox day to day? I, I rely a lot on a keyboard shortcut on my Mac. So if I'm on my Mac, I think it's uh, control option space. Um, I think I'm, I do it muscle memory, but yeah, it yeah. is. That opens up the Omni focus, um, Thomas, I can't remember what they call this thing, but it's a it's an it's a oh. slimmed input box um, that you can quickly enter tasks. And what's cool about it is it is this box pops up. It can pop up in the middle of my screen over everything. I can type something quickly, and no one. A lot of times people don't ask me, but I'm on screencasts or uh, you know calls with uh, screen sharing a lot at work, and I'll I'll say okay, I'm going to do this and they'll see me pull up, you know, if I'm on screen share, they'll see me pull that up and enter it. Um, I think that's a good um, kind of coaching moment for people to, they see that I'm actually taking action and I'm collecting that. I'm not just saying I'm going to do it and then forget and not do it. Um, but the other way I, I do a lot with my watch, which is real handy. So if I'm out and about and I just do, um, um, Hey, cylinder, you know, whatever word we use to, hey, hey random uh, smart speaker. Um, I'll say that to my watch and I'll say, uh, remind me to, uh, you know, pick up, you know, pick up the milk. Remember the milk. Uh, remind me to do whatever. Uh, that'll go. I have that set up so that it goes straight uh, into OmniFocus's inbox. And there is a way with OmniFocus to set it to go to take your reminders from the reminders app and just send it straight to the OmniFocus inbox. That works on the phone with Siri, works on the HomePod now, works on all that stuff. And I will say that there's some fancy new um, OmniFocus Siri things. I haven't explored those yet, but it's on my list to do. But you can actually do some like Is it an OmniFocus do? Do you have it out? Yeah. There you go. It, may, it might be. but. <laughs> 
Just kidding. <laughs> I got it. I'm sorry. I missed it. I missed that joke at first, and then I'm like, "Oh, I see what he's doing." Um, I should. I should do like, "Hey Siri, remind me to check out the new fancy Siri OmniFocus techniques." Continue. Oh, there's Siri failing, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is perfect. And, and I, I can't even remember uh, that ever happening, except that. I probably said Siri too many times and OmniFocus and she got confused. But yeah. um but anyway, that's those are how I that's how I get things in the inbox usually. Um those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well I, I'm the same. On my Mac I use well, sort of similar. On my Mac I use quick entry shortcut. I don't find that's- myself uh I and by the way, I looked it up. It's called the quick entry shortcut, that thing where Yep. Uses a hot key, and it opens up a place to start entering new tasks. Which I highly recommend highly. if you use OmniFocus on the Mac. Just learn that and yeah. use it. Yeah, and it streamlines stuff a ton. And I have mindset to uh, Alt Command Space to open that. Uh, on my iPhone, I actually don't dictate into it. I have. And I probably should, or not just dictate, but actually use Siri. But I find myself using drafts a lot to put stuff into OmniFocus. So when I'm out on the go uh, or whatever, around the house with the family, I think of something, I really like to use the apps, the app quote, drafts. It's called drafts. Uh, It's an iOS app that allows you to just it's basically just a text editor you can dump stuff into and then you can do things later with those individual text entries so personally i actually don't do a lot of omnifocus stuff um, as far as capturing straight into omnifocus on uh, my iphone what i do is use drafts as a capture and that's just like a dumping ground because sometimes it's like, oh, I need to email this person about this thing. So I'll just like quickly pound out, uh, um, you know, sort of a title of an email or a reminder and then use draft. I'll decide like drafts allows me to decide later about what I need to do with the thing that I'm recording. So a lot of times things I'm capturing in drafts, I end up uh, pushing into OmniFocus from there. So that's sort of my on the go mobile workflow getting stuff into the inbox so oh nice yeah yeah so do you keep a routine to filter the or not filter the inbox inbox but actually um sort it and put stuff where it needs to go and assign due dates and stuff or do you just kind of go with the flow and as the inbox fills up you will jump in there and do it like i've known people that have actually an action in OmniFocus. Oh, to process it. To process it every day. Yeah, which I highly recommend doing that if you, especially as you learn uh, GTD or if you seem to forget about things, um, which sounds obvious to say, but seriously, uh, scheduling that daily is perfectly fine if you um, are afraid you're going to forget or you find yourself forgetting. I think I've probably done that in the past. Uh, it's been a while, but 
it kind of, it's once this becomes part of your flow and it clicks with you, like I find that I just, if there's a point in the day I'm taking a break or, um, and, and this isn't really a good example of a break from the screen, but if I'm taking a break maybe from what I'm doing, yeah. um, and I'm okay to be on a screen somewhere else, I can grab the iPad, um, or the iPhone from walking or something. Um, luckily I don't get vertigo kind of stuff too bad. So I can walk and do things if I need to. <laughs> Um, is you know fairly safely not on the road, mind you, but um, yeah, I'll just kind of do it throughout the day, um, which amounts to probably once or twice a day. I, I, I don't. The point of it is to collect the things, and if you do it once a day, the idea is that that generally you should be fine. You're not going to miss things. Um, if I real if there's something I'm putting in OmniFocus with the quick entry. And it's something I need to do later that day. Then Quick Entry allows you to go ahead and assign a due date and time in Quick Entry with a project and context. And sometimes mm-hmm. I will go ahead and do that real quickly I'll and just do that skip. Sometimes. Yeah, just skip the inbox if it's something coming up immediate. But the whole point of the inbox is if it's something you don't have to do, which is most things right away. Yeah. Just chuck it in there, man. Just write the text. The important thing, though, that I've messed up on before, it happens with Siri if she misunderstands you or those types of things. It also happens with just me typing. Make sure that you're, you, you are at least saying enough words. You don't have to type it perfect. It can be all lowercase. It can be shorthand. But be clear enough so that, that you can read it and understand later what you were, what he, what you were getting at. Because yeah. I've, I've literally looked at my inbox and gone, I have no idea what that meant. And I'm the one that did it. I, I've done the same thing uh, many times. It's like, what? What's that? I don't know what that was. It's frustrating because you have no yeah. one to blame but yourself. Yeah, and then it's also, it, it, it can cause, uh, maybe, I don't know, stress is maybe the wrong word, but uh, some anxiousness of like, oh man, I hope it wasn't something too important. That, that's exactly what I yeah. think is like, Man, if that was something important, I'm 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 in trouble here. Yeah. So yeah. So we capture stuff in the inbox, we uh sort it, assign it a appropriate project, a project uh being uh, the way that OmniFocus collects anything that requires more than one action. And you assign it to context, the context being we didn't even get into context with GTD stuff. That oh man. Context is a is a whole. Uh, well, we I did talk about context like a lot. A, I did mention it was a person or a, yeah. a place oh, yeah. to do the thing. I mean, that's probably good enough basic description, but it gets super because it does get super deep in the book and the audio book yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So you filtered all that. Everything's if it's got a due date, it's assigned to due date. And uh, um, you've reviewed your projects, you know what you need to get done. So how do you personally decide what needs to get done today? We, I mean, I've, I've uh, caught a glimpse of your, your OmniFocus project. You got a lot in there. What, what's the, the sort of process you use to, in OmniFocus, decide what you have to get done today? Yes. I will say again, uh, I hate doing disclaimers, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, 
I'll tell you exactly what I do and how I approach it. I don't think it's, I don't think David Allen would approve. <laughs> and I don't necessarily think it's for everyone. Um, so just, you know, take it as a, like example of what Shrop does and you can go from there. But is this a do I as do, I say, not as I do? Sort of. I mean, I think it just depends on if it works for you. Um, yeah. I have probably, probably a lot of people, GTD experts would say you have way too many projects in there. I have a, I keep a lot of projects in there. I'm probably not good at cleaning out projects. I do review and close them. Um, I have gotten better at putting projects on hold though, which is a feature of OmniFocus um, that I find handy because you can, you can say, Hey, this is something I really want to do. I don't want to let go of it, but I want to put it on hold because I know yeah, I, I, I I'm being realistic thing. with myself. Yeah. I'm not going to fin. I'm not going to do this for a year. Now, David Allen will say, if you realize you're not going to do it for a year or so or whatever, it's probably not that important. If you're kind of putting it aside, you should probably just get rid of it. And I think that's fair to say. And I think that's probably legit. Um, but these are for things I feel like I'm probably going going to get back to. And I consider them yeah, semi-brainstorms. I'd like to mention something there, not to not to cut off your workflow, but no, no, no. regarding uh, deferring projects. So with uh, m- my work, uh, sometimes there are clients that I work with for a period of time and then don't work with for a period of time, but I know that I'm going to be, uh, this could be like an, like an ongoing uh, sort of uh, support or uh, maintenance type of relationship where work comes and goes, it ebbs and flows for different periods of time. You know, there might be a, a buildup for a redesign and then a, you know, uh, things wind down for a little bit. So I'll use deferred for projects that I know I'm going to be circling back to at some point. Um, but aren't uh, specifically active now and in, internal projects too. So internal projects at my company that I use to fill my time when I'm not specifically working on client hours. Sometimes there's, you know, periods of weeks or month or sometimes a little bit more. I'm not working on those things. I'll use, uh, the, uh, not deferred, but on hold project status sort of uh, sweep those things to the side temporarily. Uh, that's it. I need, so I, I need to do exactly what you just said because I did not do that for some client projects because at some point I deleted them because I was on a long running uh, client project recently. And guess what? I'm back on a couple of those projects yeah. as of this week. And, and I, I, I went, oh, those projects aren't showing up in autocomplete. Oh, I probably got rid of them. So I should, I should definitely do that for that exact use case you just brought up. Yeah. And the nice thing about it, and I've never actually experimented with this, but I've theorized that, I mean, just knowing how software works and stuff, that even if you create a new project, with the exact same name, OmniFocus probably does not register it as the same project. Um, so it's nice to have all your tasks. Um, associated with a project over a long period of time, even if it's not active at that point. Oh, that's a good point. Cause yeah, you're, you're right. It probably internally has a separate ID and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Something, some like long, unique hash, um, something. So, uh, so I actually use instead of 
forecast view. Uh, though I do use forecast view, I I make effort to keep the forecast view to stuff that is actually due today, stuff that I need to get done today. And then I use the flagged uh, perspective uh, and will flag items that I need to get done today. And if I want to flag something, say, to do this afternoon, I will flag it and then defer it. Uh, we'll set the deferred time of like 1 p.m. or whatever. And oh, then it so won't show up flag. in the flag perspective until ah. after that time. Yeah. Oh, the, so you're saying flag is a, you flag things and you use that as like, these are the things I have to do today. Or no, flag is what I want to do today. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the forecast view with the items due today are what, uh, my goal is what actually has to be done today. Oh, I, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, because I'm using forecast view and I mostly just set due dates. Um, and I, I try to set times for the things that I need to do today, like that are reasonable. Like if I know I can do these in these couple of things in the morning as a first half of the day, I set yeah. them in that range. But one thing I should get, one thing I could get better at, and one thing you can fall into is doing the deferments. Um, so they don't show that's a feature of OmniFocus. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you, you hit on it, Thomas, that means that those things literally don't show in most of your views, which in OmniFocus are called perspectives. Um, yes, thank you. I can because, use term view. Yeah. Well, and, and what's important about it is with GTD is you don't, you don't want your mind cluttered with things and you don't want to be overwhelmed by this long list. And the biggest thing with, no matter how you use forecast view, and you've heard kind of a couple of different ways we use it, uh, the thing that will cause you to uh, quote unquote fail, whatever you want to define that, I'm just saying that for shorthand, yeah. is you, you, and I can definitely fall into this, you try to, to say, I'm going to, you commit to saying, I'm going to do too much today. Um, so if you have, in my opinion, this is just a rough average, if you have more than like three or four things you are going to do today, like that you have to do today. And of course, this depends on how big those things are. Yeah. You probably are overbooking your day. That's just, I would, I would say so feel. too. And like today I'm looking at uh, my today perspective for today and I have uh, like eight or nine things in here, but yep. four of them, they are due today. Like they are things that I need to get done today for one reason or another. Uh, but four of them will take at most five minutes each. Yep. And I think that happens to me too, where you've got some that you're like, uh, those things, those things are quick and I know I'll knock those out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, people who are familiar with GTD may, may say, well, why didn't you just do those things when they came into your inbox? I don't know. But they're due today. I'm going to get them done. You today. might not been at a place to like do it then, though. Yeah, and context yeah. switching is expensive, mentally. Yeah. So. Oh, I, so Thomas, related to this, I have a question for you. This is something I've been experimenting with in OmniFocus. It's a new thing. I, I kind of well, it's new to me. I don't think I heard it from anybody. Um, 
I'm doing two things this year. These are not New Year's resolutions, and I'm not against New Year's resolutions. I just think that every day is a new day, and you can do whatever you want to do. So, but it sounds like a greeting it, card every day. It does. Day. <laughs> but I did. But I. Um, but it just coincided with uh, having downtime uh, over the holidays, uh, being able to think through. These yeah, things. I, I'm the so, same way. I, yeah, getting it, to reflect it's natural, upon the last like, year when because I yeah. always end up having to burn some some PTO at the end of the year. I think everybody does does that at some different times of the year when it when they have time to have that more of that margin, uh, like Sean Blanc talks about. Yeah. So one thing that I've been experimenting with is uh, I have things that I feel like I want to do for my personal mental health, I guess you could say, in a loose sense. Uh, like I want to do more music recording. I want to read more. Um, I want to sketch on my iPad. These are all, this is not for work. I don't make any money off this. Uh, this there's no real, the ROI is more of like um, personal, just fun and hobby and yeah. a break from other things. Mm-hmm. So I've actually taken, so I've done a couple of things. I've, I'm, I'm blocking time out strategically on my weekly calendar where I say, um, like, I'm going to sketch in the evening. I'm going to read this evening. By the way, I don't try to do all these things every day because that's impossible. So I've tried to be realistic and map them out throughout the week. On Saturdays, I try to say, hey, I'm going to take some time and I may have booked an hour. But even if I only take 15 minutes, I'm going to pick up my bass and play a little bit or practice. Um, or just record something. But here's the key. I have told myself I will not feel guilty if I miss those and can't do them because life changes and you have different schedules. Yeah. So there, there are two things to me. There, One is there a reminder that, hey, that's something that I've marked as important to do that I'd like to do. The second thing is instead of feeling guilty, I take the energy I would use feeling guilty, which is useless uh, in a lot of ways, and I – I use that to say, hey, have I missed sketching on my iPad more than three times lately? If I have, then I evaluate and say, do I move that to another time that's more conducive? Do I just give up on sketching on my iPad? Do I, you know, I go through like, why is it not working? What should I do differently? How important is it? Um, That's just an example. And the, so for OmniFocus, what I'm doing is, and there's a line here that's kind of blurred. Um, I'm also using OmniFocus, and this may be, you may tell me this is a terrible idea because I'm not convinced it's a great idea at all. Um, I have projects that I need to keep moving on. Um, so I'm also, this is more probably work stuff, a lot of community speaking, things like our upcoming uh, Charlotte Drupal drive-in. Oh, yes. Nice. Program. I have like a reminder, like every um, weekend, I have a reminder that says work on Charlotte Drupal drive-in stuff or something like that. Now, that's a little anti-GTD because it's not specific enough, probably. It's not, you know, it isn't a project. And a content. But what that, how I'm using that as an example is it's a trigger that says push this thing forward and it reminds me to go then look at the list and say, what's the next thing that I probably could do to help push it forward a little? Because that project's not all on me. Thomas is helping. Uh, some of our other friends are helping with that. And so I just picked the next logical thing. 
but I'm doing this for presentations instead of waiting to a couple of weeks before and stressing out about I've got to go speak somewhere. I'm actually have a reminder that may pop up every other day or every few days that says, hey, push this presentation outline further, push the actual slide deck further. Um, because I don't have enough specifics to put in OmniFocus, but I want to be able to periodically remind myself that, okay, even if it's 10, 15 minutes, set, you know, if you want to set your uh, timer, your break timer, like you talked about recently, Thomas, and say, for this 15, 20 minutes, I'm just going to jam on this presentation. It, I can feel good knowing I pushed it forward. Yeah. And it's so far, it's working for me. Now, the the potential downside I'm seeing is if I book too much of that thing, it creates in my forecast a whole bunch of things um, that show up, you know. So I think there is a point where it could become too much. You don't want to do it for everything, but you want to do it for those upcoming important things that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what do you, I don't know what your thoughts are on that or how you deal with those. No, I completely of- agree. And I, I think the however you manage it in OmniFocus, like don't go overboard. But I think the important thing to mention, whether you're using OmniFocus or another system, is uh, I just want to emphasize what, what you were saying about the 15 minutes. Uh, I talked recently on an episode of the show about you know, uh, scheduling out time and using like a Pomodoro like method, Pomodoro, what do they call it? Pomodoro technique. I don't remember <clears throat> to one, just one block out time. Like it's surprising how much you can get done on something. If you really focus on it for 15 or 20 minutes and the mental space that it frees up, knowing that you made progress on that thing, that's been maybe lingering around for a while in the back of your mind is so freeing. Which, which, yeah, so folks that are new to GTD, that freeing of your mind is a GTD thing. So it doesn't have to be like something, you don't have to wait on David Allen to say this is a thing to do to free your mind. He's got examples. But if you come up with any technique like Thomas is saying that can help free anxiety, worrying about something, um, that's exactly what I'm using this for, for preparing for talks. I don't want to wait. I'm usually not waiting until last minute anyway. I've gotten better about that over the years. Um, but I don't want to wait till two weeks out because yeah. even though I may work, I may do good work under stress, and a lot of times I do do good work, but it also affects me in other ways like health and stuff. So what I prefer is to have that, even if I'm tricking my mind, you know, and I don't think it's all that, but like you're saying, Thomas, even I trick my mind and go, Hey, I pushed it forward. Um, it is free knowing that like, man, a month out and look how much I've got done on this talk. I've never been that far ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it really, really is. And I think sort of, uh, something that's adjacent to that to think about is if you feel like whatever system you're using, um, again, whether it's OmniFocus or something else, if you feel more stressed while you're using it than you were before, then I'd encourage you to reevaluate how you're using that system or how you're at least looking at the things that are getting done there. Like sometimes when I have felt really behind or like I wasn't getting enough done each day, it wasn't anything to do with OmniFocus. It was, I was trying to 
assign too many things as due that day that weren't really due that day. So every day I was feeling underaccomplished because I wasn't getting that really, uh, I wasn't getting the things done that were not both important and urgent at the same time. Yeah, I can, I can resemble that um, from time to time. And I think that can happen to everybody. And as long as you, you're going to, we all will fall back into that at some point, but as long as you recognize it and get quicker at recognizing it and then say, okay, I need to deal with this. I'm being unrealistic. And the funny thing is in OmniFocus, when I've had days where I'm like, man, I've loaded up 18 things on this day in my forecast. I know there's no way I'm doing those, but I still leave them in there, which is, I don't know why. When I start to review that and I go, okay, this is too much. This is crazy. I start looking at those individual tasks. I guarantee you, I will find some tasks that I go, this thing doesn't even need a date. Yeah. And I literally will just take the date off and go, hey, I'll pick this up again when it makes sense. When I catch a, re- when I review my projects weekly, I'll, I don't even know. I, I, usually I, I get excited about things. And so it may be on there just because I was excited to work on it or the thought of working on it. But I have other important work that has to be done first. And regardless of how excited I am about that, I need to be excited about what I have to do that's important. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So talking about being excited about things, uh, we. I say we, that sounds strange. Uh, Omni Group will be releasing OmniFocus 3 later this year. Is there anything particular that excites you out of the release, out of the upcoming release, at least what they've put on their roadmap for it? And I will be linking to uh, the post which contains uh, the roadmap for OmniFocus 3 in the show notes, along with lots of other helpful links that we uh, covered in this episode. Yeah, so I've just read the blog post, uh, probably like you have. I don't think there's been any other uh, info about it yet. No, which is Omni Group style. Yeah, uh, have you heard anything else other than no, the blog post? I, I haven't. I, I don't get it, the feeling it's going to be soon. Like I get the yeah, feeling I think that it'll be like towards the end of the year, if almost not next year. Yeah, I, I agree, and. Omni Groups, everybody knows this is not a company that releases. They're a lot like Panic, uh, another software company that's in that same class, I think, in my opinion. Um, They are very well planned. They don't release a lot all the time. Like, I mean, that's just a style thing and a process thing. But they plan things out and they release it and they release it when it's done and or whenever they think it's to a point it's good enough. But according to this blog post, I mean, um, I'm, I'm really excited to see the web view to see what this means, because there was mentioned that there's a web type view that would help the, the example was it'll help people who maybe are on windows at work mm-hmm. and want to at least do some management or see their lists. I don't know how deep it'll go. So that's, that's the unknown. We don't know how much capability the web view and because they call it view. Um, I think they called it view, but it, you know, is it read only? Is it, you know, how how far can you go? I would think you could check stuff off, but I'm excited to see that because 
there are times where you might want to pull it up, even though I carry an iPhone and, um, you know, with me usually, um, maybe I'm somewhere and I don't have my iPhone handy or I want, I want to just pull it up and I'm, maybe I'm on a windows machine for some reason. I want to pull it up. I think that's, that's one I'd like to see what happens. Cause I feel like they'll release it and that's something they, if it really works out and is popular, they'll iterate on and make it you know, better over time. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with that after it's released, because I know that has been a pain point for people in the past. And there's even a few... Now, I don't know if they still work with OmniFocus, because OmniFocus changed their uh, database schema a few years ago with the release of OmniFocus 2. There used to be a web application and a Android application that could read and write basic operations uh, to the OmniFocus database, which syncs over, what does it sync over? Uh, is it CalDAV? No. I think it's WebDAV. WebDAV, that's right. CalDAV is calendars. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. It, I mean, um, it's, they're similar. Yeah. Thing. Uh, so there's definitely a market for it, but it'll be interesting to see how many people that maybe really fell into that market, found other systems to use. So I, I look forward to seeing what comes out of that. As yeah, well. like, it, was there something that you kind of dug on besides web Yeah, there's, there's a few things. One is uh, the switch from tags to context. So yeah, I have probably. a hard time. We, we talk about, or we talked about in this episode, how it's important to sort of evaluate GTD uh, proper and see what applies to you. I have a really hard time keeping stuff separated into different contexts. I have very few contexts, and I know that David Allen would not like that, but that that's just me. Like I basically separate stuff into a work or a personal context at this point. It's just easier for me to think of stuff in those terms. Personally, even though I know that's not a person, place, or thing, uh, it's just... Uh, but I would, I would back you on that with, with uh, something that, we, that I think uh, a lot of us have issue with. If we work all day long on a computer, then yeah. if, you, if you don't have work and personal, your work just becomes like context, name, computer. And it... I mean, because you could just as easily bump a ton of stuff for work in the computer because where yeah. are you at? You're at the computer. Yeah, but then there's some some strange overlaps into like, well, is my computer my iPad also? Is it my iPhone as well? Um, so I, I group iPad and iPhone separate from computer yeah. because I look at those. They are computers, right? But I look at them as... um. I have different apps that work on those mm-hmm. and I'm more likely to be mobile with them um, versus leaving like a computer. Yeah, you're not doing you know, the same the work on each of those devices. But I do lump iPhone and iPad together because they are similar enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like you, I don't want to have so many contexts that it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, so switching from context to supporting more of a loose tag structure I think is interesting. and. I'm going to kind of step into it with caution 
because how I'm using stuff now is again, it's it's mentally freeing for me. I'm able to manage what I need to. I have had a lot of context in the past, and right now, uh, this is working. And the other thing that I'm really excited about is reassigning action order within each view, and this is per, uh, or within each perspective. Uh, so right now, say if you're in the flagged perspective, uh, and if you hear my uh, child screaming in the background, I apologize. Um, that was not a goat. That was a child. That, that was a child. That was a child. Um, okay. Back to, back to, anyways, refocus. Let's get in this. Uh, in the flag perspective, it lists all the things that are currently flagged that have don't have a deferred date past the current uh, time. And then it lists them automatically in the order which the action was created by, by the timestamp. And there's times where I really would like to be able to rearrange those actions, like the order of them. Because there's things that I have flagged, but like they're not all created equal or one I want but to do like right need, now. And something you need to, there may be something you want to do first. Yes. Like showing yeah, up last a lot of times that's the case. So that excites me a lot. But I look, so I look forward to OmniFocus 3 for those, those two things in particular. So we'll see when it's released and all that. I won't be surprised if it, ends up being really late this year or even uh, next year sometimes, like if they do a beta later this year at some point, because they have really long beta periods as well. At least if they do yeah. it like they've done previous releases, they'll have really long beta periods. So Yeah, and based on those changes, I don't think, if you want to try out OmniFocus, I think try it out now, try it out as soon as you want. Yeah. This yeah. is not a like wait for OmniFocus 3. No, cause, no. Because there's really no point and you'll be. No. I think these are great features, but none of these are like features that like, I, I feel like I can't use OmniFocus until I get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. These are, it, it's just like extra icing on top of an application that's already really good. So, well, I think that's about about time, Mark. Is there anything else you'd like to to cover before we wrap this episode up? No, I think I think this is uh, good. It covers covers it pretty well. And um, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for asking me to jump on this podcast. Today. Yes, thanks for awesome. thanks for agreeing to come on. Well, this has been another episode of New Revision. I will talk to you all on the next episode. Thanks, everyone.